my name hi my name is kiki dexter i am an artist an entrepreneur an activist i like to say and i'm originally from mobile alabama and i've um, recently made the move i guess not too recently but i made the move to los angeles so i'm a, a la transport <laughs> okay. uh, so one of my my first question is do you express your sexuality differently online and offline do I sex, express my sexuality different offline versus online? No, I'm pretty much the same across the board. I'm a very open book. Um, I do come from a family that's like very, you know, they're from the South. So it's like, you know, uh, a big Christian influence. And um, like my mom, she's not even Christian, but she's like, you know, she she's very consumed with how people perceive her and what she thinks. And of course, I'm like completely different. Yeah, my mom um, does the so same thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm mean, like, that's one of the reasons why I moved to LA. I was like, it was conducive for the type of person I am. But um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty much the same across the board. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I yeah I I feel like with me personally I'm like slightly different offline versus online but then I'm also like a I, I feel like you know how like it's almost like my relationship with social media is almost how people's relationship with their parents is where it's kind of like you feel like social media could be possibly judgmental but it's also supposed to be like a free space so it's like mm-hmm. a very strange contradiction. Yeah, everybody can click and have an opinion be a, a professional yeah or, excuse me not a professional uh, um what's the word i'm looking for uh, a scholar on the topic yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um who is your sexuality icon and, and do you have like a reason as to why you like why that person would be your sexuality icon sexuality icon um i've never been asked that question before so let me try to figure that out um i mean janelle monet is pretty dope um i I don't know how she identifies i think she might identify as as lesbian yeah she identifies as pan oh okay okay yeah uh pansexual man um I don't necessarily identify myself as pansexual just because I, maybe I don't fully understand it, but from my understanding, it's just being attracted to someone no matter mm-hmm. what how they identify. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that. Um, but I do, um, as far as, I, I don't know if I would call her an icon, but she's definitely someone I admire to, you know, have the platform that she's had and have the success that she's had. Um, and, you know, it's just herself, you, you get Janae all the time, her creative, um, open, expressive self. So uh, if there's anybody that I admire, I would say Janae is is that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand that. Because, like, I, I listen to, like, a few of her songs, like, uh, right now, the, or at least one of the songs I have that I listen to her a lot is Electric Lady that she oh, did yeah. a lot too, not too long ago. But then I was also like really surprised when I saw like the pink music video where it's just everything she had in pink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh um, dope. Yeah. But like, would you say that she's also your black sexuality icon? Uh sure. Yeah. And also, like, when did you start to see your sexual identity reflected in media? 
when did I start to see my sexual identity identified in media? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for real, it was probably um, what's his name, Spike Lee's "She's Got to Have It" on mm-hmm. Netflix recently. Um, I can't rem- I, ha- I haven't really seen the um, the original movie the black and white one um i started to watch it but then i just didn't continue um but you know i would say like that's the most like dynamic interesting be like beautiful character that i've ever seen that's been like bisexual on camera that had like a narrative um so yeah i mean i would guess you know she's gotta have it that movie show yeah like so so basically you would say that kind of like how did you think about like that particular character when you first saw her or like when you saw like the i forgot what her name is but i know like um dolores or someone um um damn it was something it's like doris or something um but anyway yeah um I would say at least the character from She's Gotta Have It, like you, you, you asked me like how, uh, like how it, it affected me. Uh, like yeah, like how did you feel about like like when when you first like saw that character or like through watching her progression through the show? Um, I guess how I felt when I was watching the show, um, She's Gotta Have It, and identifying with the character. Like, I just, um, I love the fact that she was talented, you know, that she was opinionated, that she was very strong. She was very sure of herself, you know, Um, especially when we live in a world where, you know, people portray themselves one way on the Internet, kind of reflecting the the question you asked me earlier. Um, You know, she just was true to herself. Mm -hmm. And so I just appreciated her, um, like I said, her fierceness, her strength her relationship with um the other people on the show like you know she she saw one guy the way she saw him, the other guy so forth um and even the woman she was dating for a long time um so i just like i said really like how dynamic she was and um just i think she she's a beautiful actress she you know she embodies um her character very well um and i just like seeing a range like you know she went from you know one feeling at one point to the next and you think uh, i think a lot of times in media um women black women of course don't there's there's also always this disservice that they do towards like black women you know it's like you know we are either portrayed as like a black jazabelle or just an angry black woman or you know we don't we don't have enough range and i just love that this character you know had that range yeah yeah because i think i was talking this uh like one of the uh previous people i interviewed and she was talking and we were basically talking about the same thing about the need for more like rep- like in terms of like movies and television there needs to be like more actually black female creators creating these like different shows and different things where mm-hmm. it kind of like gives like another level of depth instead of just like the traditional stereotypes um mm-hmm. yeah 
But then we can be angry, we can be sad, we can be happy, we can be yeah. frustrated, we can be so many different things. And especially in a world where our emotions have always been oppressed, like you know, I mean, at least in the modern world, our mm-hmm. our humanity is being um, um, oppressed. Like that's very simple. Like you know, I always think of the um the mind state of the black women who could have gotten raped at any any time like being on a plantation and having to deal with both like a rapist for a master and then his angry wife that's mad because she's being raped like you know or like the threat of not having um a male nearby because he could be taken and or having to dumb down your child so that they won't be a threat to the power structure like you know this is that's emotional turmoil you know and that's essentially what um were the building blocks to where we are today and it's just it's just crazy even Mm -hmm. after that long history that we even the narrative can't still fully express ourselves in the dynamic emotional beings that we are um because they're just is not an interest um, at promoting that. So um, I, I usually try to support as much Black media as possible. And I just really, like I said, like that show. Not only was it done well, um, it, it was a fully budgeted show. Um, but like I said, the character was just someone I could relate to. Mm-hmm. There's like this book I read for like for my thesis specifically. It's called Black Sexualities. And they kind of like talk about what led to the sexualization of like black people and they and it basically the way they like theorized it was mainly saying that black like that basically from when Europeans came over to like Africa they kind of assumed that everyone dresses like them and they didn't like take into account that when they saw like like, you know, African people not wearing, like, the same clothes or, like, not being as covered up, they didn't think about the fact that, hey, it's because of the climate and it's hot there. It's not, like, as, like, it's not cool, as cool as it is in Europe. And they basically assumed that just because they didn't wear quite as many, like, or at least the same clothes or or weren't quite as covered up that they were more, like, sexual or sexualized. And I feel like, like, that also kind of, in some parts, like, led to like another thing they talked about, which was like the uh, sterilization of, of of black people as well as like poor white people and like them feeling like that they should kind of limit the amount of like black people like in the world in like the 1920s, I think. But I do feel like- Eugenics? Hmm? Like a eugenics project? Um, it might have been, but I I know it's from a book called Black Sexualities, and there's like a section, uh, where they're talking about like the history of the sexualization of Black people. You know, it's crazy to think too, like like you said, yeah, of course the climate is different, mm-hmm. so of course you would be wearing seven layers of clothes mm-hmm. when the sun is beating on you. But it's crazy how um, it's it's just it's. Africa, at the end of the day, is the largest continent on the planet, and it has the most diverse pool of people. 
So in and it has the most like diverse different types of climates. Yeah, there's hot climates. There's not mm-hmm. no cold climates like Europe. But you know there are. Um, everybody doesn't dress. Everybody had a different um, culture, right? Because mm-hmm. one of the things that Europeans really really love is the the Egypt the Egyptians. Kemet, the Kemet, um, the uh, dynasty. You know, mm-hmm. they love their dynasties. You know, and Matt, and then and remember with them, like, yeah, they might not have been as covered, but they wore a lot of different clothing, yeah. like you know, from head to toe, like wigs, everything. Like they were decked out. You know, they mm-hmm. might have had like some little shawls. I mean, some mm-hmm. little pieces of cloth when they were mm-hmm. the pyramids. But you know, for the most part, you know, their their clothing was very elaborate. Even Timbuktu, you know, people rarely talk about Timbuktu or even earlier, um, early, um, what is it, Nubia, like the Nubians, you know, they, their dress was very elaborate. So I get where that could have come from, but, um, I mean, just think about it, like Africans were had populated the whole earth before yeah. Christopher Columbus came. Like even in Americas, they had there were Africans in America before they came, mm-hmm. and they also didn't wear the same clothes. And they were like the indigenous people. So, you know, it kind of just shows you how um, history likes to justify the bullshit that yeah. Europeans yeah. have put the whole world through. And it also shows you how perverted they are because at the end of the day, our human bodies are the most natural thing about ourselves clothing is unnatural you know and so it's just so crazy to think that um our humanity (laughs) once again is questioned when we've embraced it fully like even like of course we don't walk outside new now because there are laws but once again that's a part of like the western world and their perversion of reality yeah because i remember there's even like there's several books i read specifically for my thesis where like it it basically talks about just specifically the sexualization of like black women and like how like it's a lot of times over like almost like if you actually really think about it it's over like really stupid stuff like what we're wearing or like just have or like what we happen to be doing at that time so it's like curves yeah yeah like random stuff that i could i mean i could go deep but i don't know (laughs) I'll probably ask you, like, I'm going to ask you at the end, like, what else do you want to add onto it? But I think, yeah, we have, like, one more question. Like, Well, I'll say, well, real quick then, if it's just one more question, I was going to say, like, um, one thing that I've been grappling with mm-hmm. and, like, fully understanding is that um, at the end of the day, the variety of people on our planet started with a Black woman, an African mm-hmm black woman you know and so what um what's been really pressing me lately is understanding that yeah we live in a western world where it's predominantly about christianity it's Mm -hmm. all about the sacrifice of this white man is how it's portrayed this white man who's supposed to have given his whole life for the for the world but it's kind of ironic to me when you realize once again that the black woman really the african woman is the most connected to the original woman that's given us the diversity on the planet you know so essentially the black woman is like our mother 
you know, like the mother of humanity, the modern man came from an African woman and the what east uh the west side of Africa is where the first sign of humanity or modern human was found. So it's almost yeah. like <laughs> it's almost like we have like this complete opposite, the white man that's been used as like the God figure. When at the end of the day, um the black woman really is more has has been more of a sacrifice than this character that's been developed by the Western world that's really been used to control, you know, and um, not only control, but also demonize the same person that is responsible for the diversity of the world, you know, and so it's almost like um, they always they always just talk about the sacrifices and sacrifices that Jesus makes, but like really um, black women, I think are the most really are the sacrificial lambs of the world Um, because not only did like I said they are responsible for the modern diversity in our world but um, also just to to think about how they've progressed the modern the modern world you know without black women making a workforce you know being produced they used to have meals specifically for women to just get pregnant and have babies and send them right off into different farms yes I did not know that slavery yeah, slavery was like a whole institution, a sickening, a sickening institution. But like, oh, the black woman was, was really one of the most valuable. A young black woman, like our age, was most the most profitable um, um, slave that you could have because not only will you have her as a workforce, but you also have her children as a workforce. Because with slavery, you automatically consider a slave because your parent was a slave. So not only did she make the sacrifice to birth the world and nurture the world, you know, wars have been fought over her, you know, uh, uh, even like if you think about the Egyptian dynasty and things, wars have been fought over her. At one point, the Greeks called, the Greeks used to, um, and that's another thing, too, that people get fucked up, especially when you think about the Greeks in ancient Egypt. But the Greeks learned a lot from Egypt, like mm-hmm. pretty much all the stuff that we quote today from the Greeks or stuff that they got degrees in, in, in key Egypt from. Right. And so when you think about them, um, they've named constellations after black women. Um, they the early uh, Egypt, uh, early Greeks and Romans used to think that um melanin had something to do with the intellect um of black people because they were just so astonishing right Mm -hmm. um and then going back to like i said um black women they used to look at black women as one of the most beautiful women on the earth yet you fast forward to where we are today um and like i said during the slave economy they were the most profitable because they were able they were able to be like slave mules basically and then on top of that you think about the willie lynch letter and how the psychology of being a master was operated, they would use the black woman because of course she was the mother. So she would teach the children how to behave in this in this society, in this slave-driven society, so that they could eventually pass that down and 300 years later, it's still affecting us. Uh, and 300 years later, you know, we still have, or four, excuse me, 400 years later, 400 plus years later, we have these negative out views of black women. Like black, there's no, there's no power structure for black women. Black women are not in no kind of hierarchy when it comes to power. You know, we are really considered the bottom of the toad pole, white man, white woman, black man, black woman, you mm-hmm. know? And so to understand that, and like I said, to, to 
go back in that history and see how important just being a black woman has been, a quote unquote, quote unquote black woman has been to the history of the world. It's like I said, we're really like the sacrificial lamb. Mm. And some, in some ways, yeah. Because I remember it actually, this almost kind of reminds me of like, um, so I've also been reading like some things about Bell Hooks and and her talking about mm. the oppositional gaze and like how as black women, when we watch movies specifically, we kind of have to like watch them from like a distance. We can't really, really watch it as if we're like, we can't watch it too much as if we're like that character in that moment. Like we can with like other um, characters that aren't black, but then also like she was also talking about how basically she herself had to come to that understanding like over time that she didn't even realize that she was doing that, like just do- looking at films in like an oppositional gaze type way. So I do understand like what you what you mean by like the whole sacrificial lamb thing because like it kind of relates to that in some ways by saying like as black women sometimes we feel like we have to put up with like so much in order to get like the recognition we deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to just bow our heads and just pretend like it don't phase us when we know it's like our whole world because mm-hmm. if we of making an uproar will be the angry black woman mm-hmm. and you know no one takes it seriously because they don't think we're educated enough to combat so crazy yeah so like what because this kind of like leads into like my last question which is or it's not really my last question since i'm gonna probably ask you later you know um like whatever you like what would you want to add but um my question is, what role does pop culture slash white influence over culture play in how you view your Black sexuality? How does white culture or the overall culture play in how I view my personal sexuality? Um, specifically, uh, it was like, what role does like pop culture um, play in how you view your sexuality? But pop culture is also like kind of like... That like another part of that is like white influence over culture. Got it. Um, once again, it's like it's like a dance you have mm-hmm. to do, right? Like, like we we can't be. And I don't know how you identify. I don't. I, I'll say I'm black, but I don't even feel like I'm all the way black. So I don't like that term. Um, it's just empty. Uh, but um, you know, it's like it's it's like a dance. It's like the the fucked up thing I see is I don't know if you can cuss on this yeah you can cuss oh yeah <laughs> um I mean it's, I guess um, that's a grown topic fuck 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 <laughs> um, I'm just kidding um <clears throat> so like when it comes to me it's like you know I don't want to be I don't want to be considered the black Jezebel you know mm. and for someone like me um you know it's crazy growing up i i had really low self-esteem I, I really didn't think i was beautiful it was like it was to the point where i was suicidal like where i didn't you know i would get dressed but i didn't get dressed with the light on because i didn't want to look at myself it was it was, i felt very i just felt hideous you know and mind you i 
I was probably a little chubby, little funny looking kid, but you know, like I want, I want as hideous as I was making myself. Mm. And it's, you know, it is in part to, I was very consumed in media, you know, and everything that I was watching the media was like these skinny tater like white girls, yeah. Lizzie McGuire and shit like that that I used to love. Like they didn't really have like Raven was coming up at one point. But I was at one point I was a teenager, so it wasn't you know, I didn't see enough mm-hmm. representations of me in mass media and pop culture. So I was just under the pressure and, and then the representations that I did saw see of course was um over sexualized when it came mm-hmm. to black women. It was like, you know, the juvenile videos and even like Destiny's Child like Mm-hmm. You know, it was either it was either um, seeing a whole bunch of white girls growing up or seeing black women that's just putting themselves completely out there. And so, like, when I was younger, like I said, I was very insecure about who I was and what I looked like. So, you know, I, I didn't feel like I could be like this extra, like sexy, hypersexual black woman. And then on the other hand, I was like, I know I look nothing like these white girls who I identify a little bit more with, you know, but I, it, it was just like, I was like stuck in the middle. So I felt like I grew up very awkward. And then, you know, now that I'm a mature woman and I own my, my individuality and I own my sexuality and I'm, you know, very confident with myself, it's still, like I said, a, 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 a a delicate dance because you know there's still a part of me because I'm so educated now like in the back of my head like I'm trying to combat um what media has put out about black women mm-hmm. you know I I'm human you know I am sexual like you know I have attractions but you know I am very dynamic in that in that sense but it's like this um it's like this cloud hanging on my head to not live up to the quote-unquote black jazabel which is really an unfair um unfair uh portrayal of black women because you know like i said like you know we we've had children we had we've we've basically birthed the whole world so of course we're sexual human beings but it's like it's uh, it's not it's not warranted for us to fully take control of that because we have the um we have the pressure of this world that shows very limited depictions of us so if we even express that 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 part of us it's like oh it's another typical black girl i know you Mm -hmm. can twerk you know what i'm saying like it's um it's so it's it's so much pressure but um what I've learned to do recently, because um, even when it comes to my my social media, it's like, you know how you post something and you're like, oh, I want mm-hmm. this like too risque or like whatever, and um and it's like a like a devil or an angel on either side like telling me, you know what I'm gonna say, like what they gonna say, like even when it comes to my music, you know, I'm a rapper and so. When you think about rap females, like of course you have people like Lauren Hill and Queen Latifah and you know Rod Digger and all these random um these these great women who are really lyricists and you know have a stronger message beyond trying to um being you know hypersexual. Mm-hmm. You know, as a rapper, you know I I even with this whole subject, it's been also a conflict in that sense because it's like you know yeah I want to own my sexuality and say how I feel, but then I'll sound like every other female rapper that they're, mm. they're portraying now, you know? And so um, what I've learned to do is just admit to that. One, you know, like I'll say some shit in my song where, you know, I'm talking about like, damn, I want to be sexy with you or some shit, but I can't because people going to judge me. You know, just like some random shit. Like, um, 
you know, I'll, you know, I'll just uh, admit that fact, or I'll talk about that fact. I'll, I'll talk about the, the concept of the Black Jezebel, um, and I also, you know, will, um, will just own it. If I, if I'm feeling sexy one day, I'm feeling sexy. Like I, I should, I shouldn't have any reservations about being, like I said, who I am. You mm-hmm. know, especially in a world where, you know, American media loves violence and they love sex. You know, that, that's that's the main thing they use: sex and violence to sell, sell, sell. That's how the whole to sell and operate you know <laughs> look at all the corruption in the in the fucking government you know like it's just it's just a part of it's just a part of it's american pie mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's as american as american as apple pie the best way i can put it you know and so you know realizing that you know realizing that um those lies that our our media and our government has i'm just like well when it comes to me i have to be truthful with myself right you know so the media that i put out like i said i'll i'll be dynamic i'll put out a song about power to the people as well as a song about you know switch up like which is um about my aspirations to get with the lover you know mm-hmm. um so yes, like uh, I guess to sum that whole question up, when it comes to pop culture and how I identify with my sexuality, it's just you know I realize the influence of pop culture on people that look like me. Um, but regardless, you know I'll still be true to myself. I'll still be the human being that I am and embrace every facet of that: my sexuality, my vulnerability, my insecurities, my confidence, everything. You know I'll um, I'll just I'll just be me. I'll do me. That's mm-hmm. that's the term. I'll do me. Yeah. 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 Because I. Cause Sorry, I feel, oh, my friend me. I was moving out the way. Okay, but yeah, I feel like with yeah, um, yeah that's just weird. But yeah, I feel like with sexuality, you kind of have to find that delicate. Yeah, I kind I agree with you where you have to find that delicate balance where you where you're expressing yourself but then it's also sometimes like yeah we are like sometimes afraid of like getting that like characterization of like being a Jezebel and then trying to figure out a way to to not be that that character but then also express our sexuality but then it's also kind of weird because like the Jezebel character in some ways is basically a woman who expresses her sexuality who is confident in her sexuality but then I feel like in some ways, like certain like stereotypes, even though we do need to get outside of our stereotypes, some of them need to be kind of restructured to also show the positive side of those stereotypes, but then also make people aware that they should not connect certain women to like just stereotypes in general Mm -hmm. to have like, to or at least have people be aware that all women are like in, or at least all black women are intersectional and that we have like different aspects of ourselves that we want to express at different times that basically show you know like a part of ourselves whether we want to be sexual or not um mm-hmm. so is there anything else you wanted to add everything i'm saying i've pretty much covered everything i thought about yeah like this was very like like almost like a like um 
almost like a learning session for me because I didn't know like a lot mm. of the stuff that you were talking about. Like some of the things I did know, but then some of it I I didn't know like um, about or at least the now I think meal. about. It. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know about baby meals, but now I think about it, I was like, that actually makes sense because I'm pretty sure I probably heard something similar about it, but I just didn't make the connection. Mm. Um, but then I also feel like, and I think that's kind of like, in some ways, kind of what I want to get out of this podcast is to kind of like educate people on the fact that of like different forms of sexuality, but then also make them aware that there are different levels to sexuality and that they're not alone in their journey or their understanding of like sexuality and like um like how did they how they got to those points and just different things um Mm -hmm. but yeah and i guess i would say um like i was saying earlier you know sex and violence has been the driving force of mm-hmm. America, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's, it's just really crazy to understand that, you know, something as natural mm-hmm. and something as personal as your sexual preference or your sexual behavior is so demonized in America, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's very crazy. Like you can have somebody half naked sell a hamburger, a white girl sell a hamburger, but you know, they of course wouldn't now they're trying to make it more like diverse, I guess, when it comes to the media and like using black women's bodies to sell stuff. But it's just, it's just to me, um, it just goes along with the, the hypocrisy of the Western world mm-hmm. where, you know, we, we really have become accustomed to hypernormalism, mm-hmm. and that's even denouncing stuff like our, our humanity, like sexuality. All of us, unless we're like test two babies, have gotten here through sex. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Like, you know, and, and it's just, it's crazy to um, just understand that people got to be so it's it's so taboo to talk about these topics you know it's just so it's so taboo um when essentially like i said it's the most personal thing and it should be the most expressive thing and and, and it's yours it belongs to you it's your experience but you know um we have random things where people will try to you know stop abortions you know like all this crazy stuff um talk about population growth and all this but no one's actually talking about like what it means to um to take ownership of how you feel about another human being like Mm -hmm. you know like we're we're okay with seeing someone die but we're not okay with seeing two men kiss like you know it's just like it's crazy like you know and and that's it ain't like it's violent like they they, i mean they might be into some rough shit i don't know but for the most part it's like they're trying to get married like it's very it's very sweet and innocent and it's just how these individuals feel and so um yeah i mean i think it's a great topic to explore it's just Mm -hmm. You know, we, we really got to get over trying to be so personable, especially when, you know, we have stuff like porn that's, uh, mm-hmm. especially nowadays with people being quarantined, like mm-hmm. people using a lot of porn. Um, there's a lot of, just a lot of random stuff on the internet, like mm-hmm. weird shit with kids and like all kind of just random stuff. And I, I feel like if we had like open conversations about the 
this topic where people didn't feel like they were demonized for how they feel, especially when, like I said, we live in this Western world that's supposed to be also Christian. Um, you know, it's just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make people, it wouldn't pe- put people in a box and make them feel alienated by how they feel, you know? So I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah, it makes sense because I feel like also um, the I feel like it's also like a Western thing, like the sexualization of black women. But then it also depends on like the like the culture as well as like the country, because I know like personally I've watched like and I think it also might just be just the fact that I don't sometimes I don't like like the over sexualization of American um, media or like the um like the violence related to american media so i've gotten into like watching like stuff from like other cultures just to kind of like compare and see like how the dynamics different within like their shows and their like movies and stuff and i found Mm -hmm. like each culture has their own like little like weird thing that could be like questionable in the eyes of like some outsider seeing it or uh, somebody even within that culture seeing it. So I feel like there's really, it's kind of like hard to find like a place where, where like everything is like open and everything is like non-judgmental. Um, Paris is usually a really good place for people just being who be themselves, like the French almost. Mm. Um, though they do have some racist shit that they do with like the African population, but um, you know, like that. And then I was gonna say, um, you had made me think think about it, like going back to Egypt. Like I really love Egypt. Like mm-hmm. it's really, um, I, and I encourage a lot of black people to really just tap into Egypt. Like of course we see Egypt now, and it's very Arabic. Um, but they want the original people there. They didn't build the the pyramids or the Sphinx. The, the um you know what I'm saying uh, Sphinx Sphinx uh, uh, yeah you're good <laughs> anyway um Sphinx and um I make the hieroglyphs and things like that and understand like uh Egypt or Kemet was actually the height of human civilization you know um just because they were just such a great city like of course like I said of Timbuktu and not uh and Nubia that they traded with and like Kush, which is H or Ethiopia, but um, these were like the height of civilization, right? And so um, they were a little bit more realistic, of course, in the Western world. And so one of the random things, uh, I forget what the ceremony is, (coughs) excuse me, what, uh, what the ceremony is named. But um, basically, it was reenacting cre- the creation story, like the pharaohs would reenact the creation story. And so a part of the ceremony would be for um, um, the participants to gather in whatever space that they had, like their central town hall or whatever. And he actually, um, to recreate the creation story, would masturbate in front of everybody until the Nile River. And that's supposed to show like the creation story. You know, and for so for someone like us, like like just to say, like for instance, that's basically like Donald Trump going to the Mississippi River and was like, I'm gonna re- do the recreation story and then masturbate into the Mississippi River. Nobody wants to like, see that. People like 
that's probably a real bad visual, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> just think about it as a, a big, strong uh, African man, um, as a pharaoh, you know, maybe a little different. But uh, <laughs> but no, but this is something that they would do. And, you know, for us now, we would look at that like, what? That's weird. Like, why would people watch that? But that's just how they understood the world. Like, at the end of the day, people have gotten here between a man and a woman. At one point, though, like, this is, like, some very, like, random shit. You should definitely look it up. But it's called um, um, the goddesses, the, the ancient goddesses or something like that. But basically, at one point, archaeologists found nothing but depictions of women in the world. Like, like cave drawings, um, sculptures. It was nothing but women. And so there's, like, this theory that um, really, like, the first few humans were basically, you know how some, certain mammals can impregnate themselves mm-hmm. like if they if they up, up to the point um so there's this idea that the world had a whole bunch of women at one point because like i said it was all these different figurines either the men just weren't depicted or what but it was just a whole bunch of women and so there's this idea that maybe men are basically like a um a mutation of uh women which makes sense you know or um or uh like almost like black people it's like the world was at one point mostly black or African had our skin tone and um, white people are really uh, a mutation of black people. It's just like they're missing certain cells. So you think about albinos and stuff like that. Like um, when you isolate a community for so long, then that gene will dominate. Um, so anyway, that was super random, but <laughs> uh, like I said, look up the, um, I think it's the, the goddesses, ancient goddesses or something. I just look up I forget the lady's name. It's a white lady, and she, like, like I said, she was a, she was an archaeologist. And a lot of people don't like to um, talk about certain things. That's another crazy thing we have to also understand too. Is you know we also live in a world where a lot of media, a lot of information is hidden because it it goes against the current status quo. You know, right now, who's in power? White men. So anything where we talk about a black woman, like birth in the whole world even though this is uh understood fact like scientists trace humanity back to africa to a black woman being the seed the the, what they call it the mitochondrial eve the black woman is like the mitochondrial eve you know uh even though there's facts scientists science that backs this up that's something that you won't hear in your your history classes you know you won't they, they won't tell you that because then it goes against everything that they've said for so long you know even the concept of um the israelites you know in israel you know that's basically once again like it, everything has its origin in africa mm-hmm. at the end of the day everything when you start peeling back the layers comes down to africa and so um said all that to say yes the egyptians used to have this great ceremony where they would masturbate in public and then, well, like I said, we look at that as like, what? But they would, they probably look at us like, why do you wear so much clothes? Or why, why are you, all, why, why wouldn't you be okay with something like that? Why do you don't understand where you come from? Like, we're okay with having these elaborate. And sorry, I'm not, I don't know what your religious background is. I'm just, you know, I'm a very open book, I guess. But like, we, we're okay with um, clinging to these stories about, a man and a woman uh, or a man being pulled out of the rib of a woman. Um, but we're not okay with the idea that maybe a woman was able to birth another person without a man present, you know, like that's, it's like, 
two very extreme ends, but because one favors men, you know, at the end of the day, life starts with a man. Like you can get a man and a woman from a woman, but you can't get a man and a woman from a man. Like it's just physically, he can't do that, you know? And so it's, it's just very interesting to see what information we cling to or what, um, what things we hold on to when it, when it benefits those who are in power. In theory, that actually could like technically a woman can impregnate an, another woman. If you think about it in terms of like hermaphrodites or people who are born with uh, testes versus um, like um, a uterus. Mm-hmm. So that's in theory, it could be possible. Yeah, like it, like I said, it's just, it happened so long ago, but that, like I said, archaeologists was uncovering all these different figures of women, but nothing but women, like all these like lesbian, like kind of looking things, like from the ancient world, like before, um, definitely BC, but like it's it was like thousands of years ago, um, and then at one point, that's when you start seeing more men pop up, and then with more men, you saw more violence and more wars and things like that. So um, I definitely encourage people to look at it. It's definitely something to consider because at the end of the day, you know, we live in this modern world with our internet and all this, but this is only like like 0.3% of our, our, of our existence, you know? Like the Egyptian dynasties, they lasted longer than our modern world is today. Mm. Like just think about it, like the type of world that we live in, this interconnected world, really started around the 1600s that's not that long ago it seems long because we are we in the 2020s but that's really not that long ago you know and up until the 1600s um black men black um muslim men was ruling spain but nobody want to tell you about that nobody tell you about the moors because it conflicts with like i said the power structure of people you know, everything is, I feel like everything is very deliberate in our world today. Like everything is very deliberate. Like even with this whole coronavirus, like people have their different theories, but you know, at the end of the day, everything that we're experiencing now was a series of events that's been put in place by the power structure of the modern world, right? So um, even the concept that we don't even know about um, about the Moors, like very important people that influence Spain, you know, or even know about the libraries that um, uh, ancient Africa had that millions of Greeks and Romans, uh, not millions, but excuse me, um, Greeks and Romans came and studied at, like, we don't know about things like that because then that ch- then that challenges the narrative that Black people are submissive or Black people aren't a part of the dominant society, you know what I'm saying? Like, even just being black in America, like it, a part of it was a German philosopher who was talking to um, uh, uh, some slave masters, I think in North Carolina or somewhere like that. And they were having a really hard trouble, a really hard time trying to um, keep their slaves that were a part of this warrior tribe, like a very, I forget the name of the tribe, but they were a super, um, I'll send you the video. I'm pretty sure I have it, but um, they were just, you know, they were warriors. Like they, they, of course they didn't want to work for no random ass white man. Like they, that's not who they are. Like these are kings and queens and, you know, um, you know, people who had stature back in Africa. And so what the German philosopher told him to do was basically, they was like, do they know who they are? 
well, that's your problem. They know who they are. They know they're this warrior tribe. So what they told me to do was, of course, separate the parents from the children, send, send the parents one way so they can die, send the children another place so they won't even have any recollection of where they came from. And that's been the theme that's been the building blocks to our, who we are. The great thing about being Black, about having melanin, is that we're able to surpass. It's like, it's something, it's, it's something about having melanin, right? It's almost as valuable as money in itself, right? <laughs> but um, the thing about um, us is even when faced with like not having our, our identity stripped away and having our culture and language stripped away, our, 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 our way of life, our foods, our all these different things stripped away, we still were able to make things that have transcend um, our circumstances that has influenced the whole world. Hip hop, for instance, I always talk about hip hop. Like now, of course, there's questionable things that there influences in it that has um, basically kind of turned it on its head. Um, it kind of works against us. But even just the, the concept of being able to take words that we were given secondhand and make something as elaborate and as um, rhythmatic as hip hop, you know, or like even the cuisines, like I've been, I'm right now reading this book by W.E. Du Bois called The Gift of Black Folks. And it basically talks about all the contributions Black people have made into our world. And the book, the um, chapter I was reading last night was about um, Black laborers. Like they, he didn't, he didn't, he chose not to use slaves because at the end of the day, those slaves were, um, were craftsmen were mechanics, were nurses, were, you know, had all these different titles that had all these different skill sets that at the point when they were set free and that the white working class went against them, the black folks always did better because they had better skills, you know what I'm saying? And this was a contribution that they made to the foundation of America, which is the foundation of our whole modern world right now. And so, um, it's just, it's just crazy. It's, like I said, it's just really crazy to understand that all the things, the way we think, how we move, the way our city moves, how everything operates, are were really deliberate things that have been set in place. One, uh, the favorite thing that my mom always says, which I low key think she got it from somebody else, was people just don't happen; they're made. That's the same thing for every part of every facet of our every facet of our life. Like things just don't happen. They have a whole history that has led to it being the way it is today. And so that goes from every concept from how we see ourselves as black women, how we see ourselves as black people, how we see ourselves as American, and how we see our sexuality. It's all a part of this grand scheme, which is to me, I think it's pointless. Like why I don't understand why the few people that are in power will just find something else to occupy themselves with. But like it's all a part of this divide and conquer. You know, like we sit here having conversations about how we're not represented, then we won't pay attention to the things that they're doing in the background to benefit themselves. And so um real shit. Mm -hmm.